the long oh <laughs> hang on, i gotta wait for that noise okay the long awaited interview he is an alumni of colby sawyer college he is a photographer he is also a great buddy of mine amazing humanitarian one of the nicest people you'll ever meet ladies and gentlemen i give you anthony rizzo thank you for being <laughs> on the podcast my friend it's an honor to have you hey, it's good to be here you definitely uh you definitely watched a lot of hot ones didn't you i did i, man. Can, I, I can tell from that intro <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll tell you right now i don't know what it is about chicken with so first off i gotta be careful watching that because like my chicken wings is like my kryptonite right Oh, so same, when yeah. I see people eating wings on TV, I'm like, damn, especially with all the sauce. It just makes me want to order something, you know, get some fries with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, get a couple beers. That's probably why Sean <laughs> lost all his hair, because, you know, with all, all the spices and whatnot. Dude, that's why I'm bald. Like, <laughs> Yo, oh, oh, man, I feel like the shine from your head, bro, is about to just blind me for a second. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, destroyed my stomach because I got so into that show. I started, like, eating. Yeah. Um, all the hot sauces and now when i eat hot sauce it just like absolutely floors me but I, I yeah man you know it's it's funny i think i think hot chicken wings really does bring out a very i would say yeah. on the side out of people because it's like you're eating those wings and you're getting tense right. and you're drinking the milk you're like it's like i saw aubrey i watched this interview with aubrey plaza that was one of them and yeah, yeah. he's like one of the most awkward people on the planet but as soon as you put her in a setting where she has to eat chicken wings it's like she becomes a human being, you yeah. know, and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, Aubrey, but, oh man, yo, dude, before I get into the questions real quick, like, how you doing, man? Like, it was just good, good. to have you on. Yeah, I good. just made some, uh, made some tacos, just got nice. finished eating those, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I went to the gym, did some cardio legs today. Cool. Not bad. You picked Not the wrong day, day for tacos, day at work. man. What? You picked the wrong day for tacos, man. You're supposed to do that on Taco Tuesday, man. It's Wednesday. Oh, sure. sure. Right. Today's yeah, hump day. Today's wine Wednesday. I'm not drinking wine. I'm drinking Jack Daniels and Coke, so. Hey, I like, I like that. That looks good, man. Jeez, it's been so long since I've had liquor. Oh, my God. When this, <laughs> pandem when this pandemic it's ends, I'm going good. crazy. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, everyone is. Everyone is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, yeah, anyway. Okay. Man, Anthony, I mean... You've been doing this for talk. You you've been doing this photography stuff since like you know, while I was while I was yeah you know, since like 2017, 2018, It feels like since I was at the later stages of college. Yeah. How did you get started? It's it's kind of weird, like how how people just fall into to shit like that. Like, um, I don't know. I never really thought thought I'd be a photographer. Um. And then my cousins um, have their wedding photography business and they kind of just asked me like, hey, do you want to be like a helping hand, like a hired hand on, on like our photo shoot set? And um, I was like, yeah, cool. You know, they, they paid me like, you know, a little bit of money from what they, what they got. And I mean, the main thing was I was, I was getting paid an experience and, you know, they taught me how to use a camera and I, I could see how they were framing shots and, and getting all these different angles and stuff and lighting different scenarios. Um, and as soon as they like handed me a, a, a pro level DSLR camera, 
and I like clicked that shutter button, it was like such a satisfying feeling. And uh, that just like started everything. Like I, I would be like texting them questions about cameras and stuff. And then I finally got my own like beginner level camera. And then I keep texting them questions about like, oh, like what if I do this? And like I got out and just kept uh, kept experimenting and taking really what I think are really crappy photos now. But like back then I didn't give a shit because I was just like, I was so like so in love with it and just discovering this like passion that I had and just running out and, and, you know, hiking around and taking photos of different things. So in in uh and just so we're clear so you know we're going to talk about your we're going to talk about the photography we're going to talk about romance we're going to talk about entrepreneurship nature nerd culture and you know for you yeah. hey yeah. Ever, anything's on the table for you my friend if there's anything else you want to address yeah like, feel free yeah uh just so you know just a reminder we'll be able to get into all sorts of stuff but yeah. you know back to uh back to the photography you're like just looking at your page on instagram i mean like you've done like a ton of shots for like weddings, engagement photos, a lot of, you know, sort mm -hmm. of intimate couples, um, nature, I guess, like, what is, what is your mindset going into a shoot? What, what, what does that process look like for you as far as, you know, I mean, everything meeting, talk, your conversations with clientele or your kind of ideas for yeah. how you want to make this look. You know, it sounds bad, but like, I don't really think at all like I don't I do and I don't like I don't I, I try not to overthink things um and it's weird because as soon as I meet the couple I get ideas but it's like everyone's different everyone's gonna pose differently everyone's gonna look different behind behind you know when the photo's actually taken and uh yeah so when I usually like meet the couple, I kind of just run with it and and i I get them comfortable first, you know, I make them laugh um, i I essentially just make friends with them, and I think you know the most beautiful moments are um, when you drop those walls in and some people and and get that those genuine moments. I always say like the moments leading up to and after when you like pose a couple or when you like have them do something, those are when you get the genuine moments. Like some of my favorite photos have been like, you know, a, a groom helping a bride up onto a rock or something um, while they're trying to like get to where I want them. Because like, that's, that's them that's not like you know a, a posed photo or anything so it's those it's those moments that are that are truly like genuine yeah when looking at your art like i see a ton of candid yet intimate photos of couples it just when i see you taking these photos it, it just feels so natural now you talked about you know you bonding with the couple how how important is your relationship with the couple you would say to as as you know what you say is vital to how good the shoot is going to be i'd say it's everything i've had i've i've only had like a few couples that you know for whatever reason i didn't like jive with them or something and to be honest like those weren't photos that i felt came out as good as they could have had i like 
you know, there were still good photos and, you know, a couple still loved them. But if I don't have that connection with a couple, the photos aren't anywhere near what I want them to be. Um, and you can tell, like, when I'm more com comfortable with a couple, I, I think of more creative ideas and it, it allows me to be creative and get better shots for them if they're, you know, kind and, and open people. Now there's um you know there's a lot that goes into photography right meeting up with the people or wherever you wherever the spot you're going to shoot right. the editing you know the act the editing and the actual case shooting and the getting inspiration in the middle of the shoot what part of that process I guess excites you the most and why um, that's a good question um, I think like probably meeting up and actually doing the shoot is good. Um, that's, that's a really exciting part that kind of gets you test out different ideas that I have and figure out what works and what doesn't. And, and I get to meet the couple and, and uh, you know, get comfortable with them and, and see them kind of relax and, and be themselves. Um, and you know, I think like for me, I love editing too. Like when I, when I sit down and actually look at the photos, when I see the before and after it's like, holy crap, like this photo is completely different now, but it's like, it's true colors really like literally really come out like after they go through the editing software and I can do what all I, all I want to them. Um, I'm always thinking about, when I'm taking a photo, I'm thinking about like what I'm going to be doing in the editing room, because if you're, if you're not doing that, then you get to the editing, editing room and you're screwed. Like you're like, Oh, I don't know how, like I want to edit this, you know? So. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we talked about this off camera before about how important and how I think underappreciated the editing process is in the field yeah. of media, you know? Yeah. You know, I'd like you for you to elaborate a little bit on how, how important is the editing process? Like we only see the end product, but you're, but, you know, talk about like what it's like that process to get to that end product when you're in oh, the yeah, editing it's, aspect. It's, it's everything. Like, you know, I, the, some posts on Instagram, you know, people will see it and they'll be like, oh, like great photo, whatever. They don't understand that <laughs> to get that one photo, I took a hundred photos and I hated 95 of them. I had to choose between the five that I did like. And that's, that's a hard first step. And then, you know, editing that, finding the right tones and, and the right colors and stuff like that. Um, and then I'll export the photo, look at it on my phone because every, every screen looks different um especially if you don't calibrate your monitor i haven't calibrated my monitor because i haven't bought the software yet but um so i'll export it to my iphone and i'll be like oh wait, that's weird like it this photo is really yellow or something um so then i keep tweaking it after that and i keep exporting it and like finally after like eight different exportings i'm like i'm finally like you know what i just have to like i have to live with this i like it finally but it's minute details that people wouldn't really care about 
but for me like it's everything like the, the smallest details make or break a photo a film whatever you're working on like any work of art it's those like tiny tiny little details that make it whole well i know what you mean like it's it, it's such a visual medium like for like um i'm sure i'm sure this happens to you line it sounds like you've talked about it like you'll you'll see a work that you did two years ago right and you might have you know loved how it came out two years ago and then you look back and you're like well you know, maybe there wasn't right. maybe there wasn't enough space between the elbow and right. the edge of the photo, or like the, like the the or like you know the the eye. There was a little too much darkness under the eyelids. Yeah, like, I do like that the little all the things, time. The little Dude, things I that. that. Mm-hmm. I literally, um, I've, <laughs> I've gone back to so many of my photos and like, you know, from like a couple of years ago, and I just go, Ugh. <laughs> you know, but at the time, I can't I can't hate it because. You know, I was learning, and at the time, that was my best. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sure, like, two years from now, I'll look at the photos that I'm taking now and, and say, like, I could have done this better. But, like, that's the whole point. Like, we're always evolving and changing. And, you know, yeah, it, it's it's always a changing cycle. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's, it, it, it's funny because, like, I, I've heard some – I guess th- this is a good way for me to kind of like, I could segue into this part, you know, the aspect of, or I, I should say before that, you know, even with the camera, like when you started, like, were you, you know, I know, like, did you start with the beginner camera right away? Or were you taking a lot of pictures with like your phone? Like, like how, what was that process yeah. like going from beginner's camera to, uh, you know, whatever camera using now, I'd love if you could, you know, you're willing to share what kind of camera you're using now but what was that like as far as what we using to take pictures of and how long i guess yeah so i started with um a nikon d5300 okay which is like a really entry-level camera um and it only had like a kit lens on it which you know if you, if you don't know like kit lenses are notoriously like the shittiest lenses you can get basically <laughs> um but to be honest, like, I think everyone should cut their teeth on, like, a beginner level camera, because I was forced to, to, you know, really think outside of the box to get things done, and work with the limitations that, that the beginner camera, you know, uh, threw at me, Um, like, you know, not being good in low light, or, you know, certain things like that. Um, and you know putting that camera in manual mode instead of just letting the camera do its thing and you know put it in auto and get away with the camera doing the work um i learned the basics and you know i see people i you know not to crap on other professionals but like I see people that start their own photography businesses or start photography and they buy the most expensive camera and then just put it in auto mode and, and shoot in JPEG and, and, and not raw format and they don't edit their photos or, you know, something like that. And it's like, you might as well just use your iPhone at that point because <laughs> that, that $8,000 camera isn't, isn't really meant to, to it, it will take great photos that way but it's not meant to be used that way. Um, if you want something that'll do everything for you, just shoot with your iPhone. And 
honestly, like I, I know professionals that mess around with their iPhone and make YouTube videos about iPhone photography. And you can take just as good of a shot with your iPhone as you can with a, a pro level DSLR these days. It's, it's insane. So I always, yeah, I always like kind of not frown upon, but it, I see people with like wicked expensive cameras, you know, that are just starting out. And I'm like, you, you don't need that. You, well, it's you overkill. Know, that, that makes me wonder, right? I think it's, uh, and, I, and I guess this would be a nice segue into the entrepreneurship aspect, but I, and I'll get, and I'll ask you the question that, you know, you know, how much of that do you think is influenced by, I feel like this desire to get off the ground quickly, so to speak, you know, take the sexiest photos, you know, yeah. put them on the gram and that way you get your, you get a thousand followers in like six days and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, like this is the king. Right. Like it's right. as opposed to kind of yeah. having I to, think, uh, mm -hmm. you know where I'm going with I this. Think so I'll like let you... any, any creative would tell you that's bullshit. <laughs> like, even, you know, the, the best entrepreneurs will tell you that's, that's bullshit because like there's most of the time, all of these creatives and stuff like Peter McKinnon on YouTube or whatever, like had been doing photography for years and years and really learning their craft. And most of them, like they had they just had a love for it and kept doing it. And they didn't really care about like, and some of them still don't, even though they make a living out of it, but didn't care that they had like 80 more followers on Instagram, you know, every day or whatever. There's no, like, I hate this, like get rich quick <laughs> kind of like mindset because like, and I, I, I like, I learned too, like I feel like a couple of years ago, like I started to realize it's not about like the big moves. It's about like what what tiny thing can you do like every day to create a long term success story for yourself. Mm. Like you know, just tonight, like I I emailed back a client for a wedding. That's you know, it that took maybe five minutes of my day but you know who knows like that's one more wedding that that could be one more wedding deposit that could be more gear for myself you know um it, it's little things like that man where like you're 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 paving the way to a long-term success story instead of you know, I, I want to have 10,000 followers tomorrow on Instagram, you know, maybe, maybe rich and facts will, will do that for me, but like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about know. that, but I would, I would love if that could be the case. Hey, I'll, I'm going to promote like, the hell out of this, by the way. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. But like, right. you know, I'm almost at like, I think 2000 followers on Instagram, but like, you know, it's just, it's so <laughs> and it's, and it's so random too. Like the, people that get followers it's like a lot of the times i see their photos and i'm like i'm taking just as good of photos as they are and they have more followers like whatever you know like mm -hmm. <laughs> they just they just got you know for whatever reason the the instagram al algorithm 
you know, more people found them or whatever. And that's just how it works. But, you know, I'm not going to stop making content because, you know, so-and-so has 10,000 followers and I have 2,000. Well, you know, you know, I, and you, and I'll bring up Peter McKinnon a little later. I know you mentioned him in some of your other videos. I don't know if you, you know, I, I'm a big Gary V fan. You know, I don't know if you know Gary. Oh, Vee, me too. He, you know, he's I really big. So you already yeah, know yeah. I'm going with this, and I feel like, you know, um, to now get it. So you made a video. I don't know. I forget if it was a year or two ago, and it was called "I Am a Photographer." And the reason why yeah. I want to bring it up in this context is because. You know, you talked about with a follower count and that, you know, kind of having its own sort of that I would say its own dichotomy as far as competition, how people perceive you. Um, I thought that was a very inspirational movie because, you know, there seems to be this stigma with entrepreneurship that if you want to be a photographer or an actor or like a YouTuber, or a gamer, or whatever streamer, you have to have a certain like a million followers, a blue check on Twitter right. or Instagram. Right. And I think that also makes people want to get off the ground quickly and not stall. But at the same time, I think it also really discourages people from even starting and wanting to build that sort of long-term process you're talking about, because there's a lot, there's, you know, it's being an entrepreneur is a lot different than you clocking into a nine to five job. You know, you're going to get right. paid either by salary or by hours. Like you being a photographer or me running a YouTube channel slash podcast, you're most likely not going to get that. You're not going to get that monetary gain right away. Right? right. There's a whole process to that. And when you talk to friends and peers, you know, there's a good chance you might not get that real support because it, we're, we're just not taught to be, we're not taught to do it that way, right? We're taught to kind of fall in line. And you right. know, I want to kind of, you know, you know, get your perspective. What was that like for you just starting out as a photographer? Because you did talk briefly how like, you know, you were kind of getting a lot of flack for doing that. I want to know like what, what, what your process was like starting as a photography and like as far as like the how people were kind of perceiving you. And what was it like putting that video together? Because it seemed like there were a lot of people in your position who, had, you know, had, dealt with criticism because of they didn't meet X or X, Y's right. expectations. Right. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I still, I honestly, I still get that bullshit mm -hmm. today. Like, you know, like you're not uh, a photographer because of like X, Y, Z, or, you know, you're not a photographer because you're not shooting for Nat Ge Geographic or, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, like, fuck it. Like, I, you know, like if, if you're going to do something, just just start and like who cares what what people say about it um you know my, my favorite thing is when like um i run into somebody that isn't even a photographer and they're like i'm like yeah i'm a photographer and they're like oh my my husband takes great photos and or you know my my uncle is a is an amazing photographer it's like you know, they're, they're trying to like, it's almost like they're, they're like trying to like belittle you or something like not, yeah. not maybe with those, those examples, but like, um, they show you like somebody that they, they know that's a photographer and it's like, it's almost like they're like, oh, photographer. And it's like, oh, but <laughs> so am I. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't, yeah, it's, it's it's always like a, a losing battle to, to try to like appeal to the masses, you know? And, and I think that's like what people like Peter McKinnon and, and uh, Gary V would say. It's like, 
unless you're unless you're doing it don't fucking say anything mm-hmm. like don't don't say anything to people that are doing it because like you don't know like you don't know anything about what they're doing um you know and and those people are marching to their own their own beat and yeah you, you shouldn't comment on what people are doing like the you know the most recent thing i can think of is like people are always down on um asmr artists mm-hmm. which you know if, if you if you don't know listeners don't know it's um it, it it's basically like whispers and and things that you know create tingles when you're listening to it and and stuff like that and there are some really like creative people on youtube like making this content and it's still such a frowned upon thing to create because people think it's like weird um but man like these people are so creative and they you know these people don't care that that you don't like asmr because they have like five million subscribers on youtube and they're they're doing it full time so like you can say whatever you want but these people are are doing the, the thing and you're sitting at home hating on them and you know scratching your balls and doing nothing with your life mm-hmm. so like <laughs> you know it's like yeah it's it's insane it's insane. Well, there's always going to people that that comment on on you know what you're doing if and- if you're passionate about something there's going to be people that are are doubting you and I really appreciate you being honest about that because I think like, um, you know, I, I think like it, especially in a medium like this where you are, you know, right, wrong, or otherwise, you are looking for some sort of public validation, right? It's a visual medium. Mm-hmm. So storytelling, mm-hmm. photography, acting, you're looking to get a, approval from the masses um, at the same time. You know, I think it's really important to obviously kind of what you were saying, like own it because, um, you know, I see surveys, you know, from like legitimate sources like NYT Forbes all the time talking about how, you know, 40 to 60% of Americans aren't happy with their jobs. And, you know, I hate it. I was miserable at my last job. I've had friends Mm -hmm. who, who are right now and who have been in the past miserable at their jobs. And, you know, so when I connect that to what it's like for entrepreneurs like yourself to get criticized, Mm -hmm. I feel like, a lot of that is connected as far as we're taught to assimilate and there are right. entrepreneurs, you know, like yourself who go against that grain. And that can be very scary for someone to see that because it's like, they, I, I, there's a lot of people out there who want to be doing something than what they're unhappy doing in their life right, right now as a full-time career. But they, they don't know how they're for They're afraid. First off, I think the most important thing that's underrated is at the end of the day, we all want to be loved. We don't want to be judged harshly for the things that we do. People don't want to be, no one wants to be criticized if they pick up a camera or they pick up a microphone. Like we want the approval. We want the fame. You know, we, we, we want, we want the hugs and kisses and you know, the average person in their community, if they tell their mom or their dad, Hey, mom and dad, I'm going to drop out of college. I'm going to drop out of work to be a, a full-time YouTuber who does gaming or full-time photographer, right. or whatever. You know, look at you like, 
what if you don't get your ass back to work? Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, 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 when are you getting paid to do this? You know, it's just well, one of those, you know, it's, it's I think you, you're the floor is yours, my friend. I, I think, like, the, the main thing is, like, people are afraid in today's day and age, and, you know, maybe always, people are afraid at being shitty at things mm-hmm. at first. It goes back to that, like, long-term success thing that, that I was right. talking about. Like, you know, you're not going to be, you know, uh, Michael Jordan tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you just picked up a basketball, you got to work at it. You got to spend every day grinding. Um, and, you know, I think about my favorite musician, Frank Turner, who I have a tattoo for, two tattoos for. <laughs> you mentioned um, him too in one of your videos. I was like, oh, man, there's a couple dudes, there's someone else. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I think about him and, like, when he was starting out, it was just him and his guitar in shitty bars, you know, in, in London playing to, you know, five people that may be glancing up from their beer every few seconds, you know, mm-hmm. if they hear, you know, something good. But no one gave a shit. And now he's an inter- international, like, you know, rock star. Like, he's toured around the world and, and uh, doing it full time. But, like, that's that's the thing that people don't understand is, like, no one's going to give a shit in the beginning. And they might not even, you know, five years after you after you still are doing your thing. But it, it's important not to not to get caught up in, in the external validation from from that kind of that exactly. kind of stuff. And, you know, I I spend more time on YouTube than I than I know I should. But, you know, with that being said, it I, I obviously I'm watching a lot of content creators and I have so much respect for content creators like yourself, because it's as a creative entrepreneur, you're not getting that that validation, the, the money, the check right away. Cause at the end of the day, let's be real, bills got to get paid. So that takes a lot of, and you know, and this is your business, this is your brand. If it fails, you can't blame your boss. You can't blame the company. You can't blame right. your coworker. Like this right. is all on you. If it works, it's on you. If it falls, it's on you. And I yeah. don't think people on the outside appreciate how difficult all that pressure is, mm-hmm. right? Just to be able to do it and not only that to be consistent with it it's tough to commit to something when we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel right away right right it, I, I think that's just basic human nature obviously there are a few of those who've been able to become that michael jordan become the frank turner become the uh the other you know the gary v right mm-hmm. it but it's those guys had to be willing to most importantly, not be afraid to look stupid as they struggle for their dreams. Right. right. That's the thing. Like it, cause the grind, the grind people are, you know, you might not have a camera, but people are going to see you grinding and they're going to see you fail and make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to look bad. So I think that's definitely tough for someone to, to have the mental toughness to go through that process of learning mm-hmm. how to be great, willing to listen to accept positive, you know, positive and negative feedback and know how to filter it out, know how to kind of not let your ego get in the way of you wanting to be humble and learning how to grow. I'm sure right. back then and even now, like, you know, there's times when maybe someone told you weren't doing something so well and you're like, man, fuck you, man. I've been doing this for so long. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Then you're like, damn, well, you know what? If I really want to be great at this, I got to be willing to 
take criticism. I got to be willing to learn, to learn, to unlearn, and then to relearn. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. The, and again, like that's one of those things that I think gets undervalued in this, in the, in the creative entrepreneur business in that I don't, I, I don't have the right way to say, but in the end of the sort of salary nine to five, and that's not me knocking a nine to five or anything like that, but it's just, I think there's a whole different aspect to this creative entrepreneur business. And to add on to something you said earlier, you know, I, I saw this tweet from one of my favorite content creators and basically he was saying, you know, um, like YouTube comedy was looked down upon until the money came in. Mm. Gaming was looked down upon until right. it became a $200 billion industry. Like before Dude, we I, had- I never, I never knew that I would be watching. Mm -hmm. I'm a Twitch moderator now. Like yeah. I, watch, I watch my friend GP every night, like play Minecraft. I don't play Minecraft, but it's still like really entertaining watching him play. Yeah, I ne like never in a million years did I think that that would be a thing, you know. Like, we grew up in an era where, like, it was the stigma against playing video games was so bad. Like, I, I had, you know, like we, you know, I, I mean, of course, like the guys who played video games and you know were known as the kids who were nerdy, didn't shower, you know, were socially inept. You there know, still is some of that. <laughs> there's still like, some of that. There's... <laughs> Dude, I, I, would, I don't want to bring a girl home because, like, I have fucking, like, Master Chief action oh, figures man. and shit. And, like, like, I gotta, like, hide this stuff, you know? <laughs> let me tell you, let, let me tell you what, man. And, we're, you know, it, it's, mm, it's interesting because, um, you know, the, the medium is there for it. Like, are you, are you familiar with Mr. Beast? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you, you, yeah. you know, Mr. Beast, he's, like... He's like one of the biggest nerds on the planet, but he is like one of the most successful nerds. Like he's one of those nerds. You can tell he's one of those, you can tell he's one of those kids that really didn't fit in growing right. up. But, but if I, you I, watch like, if you watch his beginning videos, mm -hmm. no one was watching him making those. Yeah. And then like, he just kept doing it. He just kept like being his natural self, his awkward self. And he still is. But he's like, he's dropping like a hundred thousand dollars, you know, like on random people on the street, you know, now because, you know, he made it. But but the whole time, he was just like being weird and like doing his own mm -hmm. thing. Well, That's the beauty of it. And I think to add to the beauty of it, I think that you know, and this is one of the plus sides of social media is, I think people like myself have someone who huge nerd growing up closet nerd in high school and college to be able to see so many content creators now who are making it and they're still yeah. able to have some sort of like like because again like you said there are some there are some, there are definitely plenty of people out there who still fit that stereotype right but right. you know now you have but now that because of social media you're seeing other content creators you know who are just you know, they're, they're just chill, regular dudes like me and you. They who just happen to be really passionate. And about, the thing is, mm -hmm. those, those content creators reinvent mainstream content. Right. So, so you see people like Conan O'Brien on his show. He now has like a amateur gamer segment where he plays like, you know, a video game he's never played with a celebrity and mm. like sucks at it. Like that would have never happened if, if Twitch wasn't a thing and, and yeah. gamers didn't like, you know, so like it's the people on the fringe 
that eventually influence the mainstream and then the mainstream steals it you know mm-hmm. like, well it, it's, it, it's funny man it's like it's man i feel like we're about to just jump into the to the to the, to the nerd culture. we might as well just get to the nerd culture topic right now we can we can you know, i i i i think i touched on a lot of the crew i think i basically let me see where i was at uh well, I got a few more questions on that, but I'll touch. I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll touch back on that a little later. Yeah. But you know, um, you know, as far as like nerd culture is concerned, right? When I first walked into your room for the first time in Burpee, I saw. <laughs> I remember the first. I remember the first two things I saw. I saw a palm tree, and and a guitar in the back of the room. Dude, it's yep. right there. And then I saw a freaking <laughs> Nintendo sixty four with the cartridge in the controller. And I remember my first thought is. Yo, this guy's cool, man. Like, I feel like me and this, I, I really, I was like, yo, I feel like me and this dude could really get along someday. I was like, I can see, I can see the poetry and the guitar. I'm like, this dude's kind of a hippie, but he's a cool hippie, right? Right. He's a, he's a, he's a cool hippie. So I'm like, yo, like this dude, you know, this can work. And it's like, dude, you know, for me growing up, right, I was, I grew up on 64, GameCube, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Double Dash, mm-hmm. Sonic Adventure 2, Star Fox. I mean, you know, DBZ, Naruto games, like what, what was, and I see the good for me, I basically everybody I hung around with was a huge nerd too. So I had a ton of friends that always come over. I'd always have video games to play with. I'd always have friends, you know, bunch of friends coming over. What was your gaming experience like growing up? Um, I spent a lot of time with my older brother because we shared a room Mm -hmm. and my older brother and all of his friends were massive stoners. So like <laughs> literally like they would just, they would just get stoned and play video games. And I would be there like, you know, either playing with them or most of the time being forced to watch them play video games. And, you know, they were also into like DBZ and stuff. And, um, you know, I think like because of that, I was just always into like video games, and my dad like always got us like a you know, the one N sixty four game that we wanted for Christmas, you know, like the next Zelda game or like whatever you know, um, and so that was like part of it too, but like, you know, we also messed around outside and like you know rode our bikes and into bushes and shit because of jackass and and we wanted to like hurt ourselves for some reason thought that was hilarious um but like i think i grew up in a very like non like clickish uh scenario where like you could play video games and and you know watch dragon ball z but also like play soccer and you know do all these other things or and be a stoner and like yeah you know, there wasn't like one like pigeonhole thing and i think that like carried on to the rest of my life because like dude i'm into like so many different things i can't even like i i don't know like, what i would yeah I, I just like i like what i like you know and you know if i if i see something i'm like that's that's kind of cool you know i get into it Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, high school, I think, was, was so hard for me because, like, there was, like, you know, the, the football players and, like, the skaters. 
And then there was me, and I was like, man, I just like everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was friends friends with some football players. I was friends with some skaters. I was Mm -hmm. friends with some some stoners. I was friends with some, like, crack dealers. You know, criminals. Like, you know, I I didn't. (laughs) For all the probation. The guys on probation. (laughs) That were going to Juby. Like, you know, I didn't (laughs) shit. Like, I, if if they were, if if, if I enjoyed, you know, what they had to say or, like, thought they were funny or thought you know it was a good time i'd hang out but well i think that's really interesting right because i i think be i don't think back then i don't think being universal was cool right like if you were no you were like on the outside yeah because you because you you didn't have like a thing to mm -hmm. that people could like characterize you as like oh he's a he's a jock or like he's a nerd or whatever you know mm-hmm. like people just were like oh he's a fucking weirdo because he doesn't belong to any of those yeah that's exactly where i was i was definitely like in that i was definitely in that that middle right because like you know i wasn't athletic enough to be a jock you know and i wasn't i wasn't that deep into the nerd stereotype where i was mm-hmm. like a like like i wasn't wearing the naruto headband like, running down like the hold my yeah hold my texas, hold my texas instrument I wore I deodorant. Know. You know what I mean? Like I wore, I wore, I wore deodorant. <laughs> yo, yo, oh my god! You know it's funny because I, I tell this to my friends, right? I feel like, I feel like though, the people who are wearing the Naruto headbands, the kids who were playing Yu-Gi-Oh in the cafeteria and whatnot. See, I feel like you had to have people like that, you know, to yeah. be able to basically just like drive it home that there was something serious going on. And then eventually the cool kids looked in and were like, yo, this stuff's actually kind of cool. Dude, like, going off of that, like <laughs> the reason why I, I realized like, all right, dude, I need, I need to fucking do this podcast tonight. I, I, yeah. No matter how busy I am, dude, I was, I, I just had, had got done my workout. Okay. And this big dude like walks walks out of the locker room wearing a fucking naruto headband oh my god at at the gym yeah like at the gym like this big dude like sporty as fuck like Mm -hmm. handsome guy wearing a shiny ass naruto headband and i was like yo like this this like is just relates to you know what rich and i were we're gonna talk about you know that like dude if if especially at the gym man like you know people wearing like punisher shirts and like mm-hmm. being all macho and shit and then you have this guy probably bigger than most people at the gym sporting a fucking naruto headband going hard like you know probably benching like that. fucking 250 300 is crazy like net like that that just shows like the the times, you know. The times have changed. Like like um Meg the Stallion, for example, huge anime fan. She's done like mm. photo shoots. Michael B. Jordan. I was literally just reading a, a featured article on Michael B. Jordan today in Sports Illustrated. They made a note. Dude's a massive anime fan, right? He loves Dragon Ball. He loves Naruto. Yeah. Big Sean. Who Terry else am Cruz I thinking is, about? Terry Crews is a gamer because his son like yeah. got into it and like. Dude, Henry Cavill, the guy who plays The Witcher, um, got like wanted the part so bad because he loved the Witcher series. Like, mm-hmm. like he loved the games and like 
had his own PC that he built and stuff. And so he was always a nerd. And then this part came up and he was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Like, Yeah, know? I mean, look, look at AOC was playing like Among Us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like oh a couple months God. ago. I that remember was, you're the one that, that posted was, about that. Yeah. Dude, that was so adorable. Like, oh, I my AOC. God. AOC's like the, the most amazing person. And that stream, like, that sold was you. such a good stream. It sold you. Oh, my God. It was just like, just fire Cupid's arrow, man. Yeah. <laughs> man, don't worry, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the romance soon. <laughs> you know, you know, it's um, it, it's interesting because I, I feel like we just needed the cool kids to, we just needed the cool kids to, like, accept it. And I'll tell you what, I have really seen it, like, as far as, because, you know, it's like now I'm seeing the dudes like that get in the girls. And that makes me think, you know, what it came down. And I'll, I'll share a quick story about this when I was like, and it was funny. I uh, <laughs> I won't I won't mention his name, but it was a, a, a buddy of mine a couple of years ago. Me and him went to this rooftop bar. It was like a Felipe's. Right. And oh, I go in. I, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I know what you're talking about. Oh you know, my I, god! I know. No, I'll get. I'll tell you what. It, you know who this person is, and I'll let I'll okay. let him tell this story to you on it. I'll let I'll let him validate himself in this story. But me and him, we <laughs> went to like a rooftop bar a couple years ago, and I came in there. You know what? With a with a Naruto T-shirt, right? And I saw and I saw this couple. I saw this couple that they were looking at me and they were giggling, and like. Half of me thought they were making fun of me. So I was like, all right, whatever, whatever, screw them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do me. So, you know, me and my buddy, we sit, we sit at like the bar of the, of the rooftop bar. You know, we're eating mm -hmm. our food or whatever. And then, um, so like the guy in that, in that group comes up to me after a little bit. And he's like, hey, man, you like Naruto? I'm like, yeah, why? And he was like, oh, word, you know, my girlfriend, you know, she's a big anime fan. She just got me to Naruto, and I think it's really cool. Mm. But guess what? You know, her friend's visiting from overseas, and she's super hot, and, <laughs> you know, she loves anime, too, and she's only going to be here for a little while. You should come hang out with us. And I look at my buddy. I'm like, say less. <laughs> you know, and it was funny because this friend of mine, he didn't grow up a nerd like I did. He wasn't, like, into anime or video games like that growing up. So this was basically him – witnessing because at this point like for me to wear like a naruto t-shirt i think this was like 2019 i i was starting to see the culture change like the meg the stallions the michael b jordans were starting to be open about this mm -hmm. nfl players and nba players you know were starting to wear dragon ball z and naruto customized cleats so the culture was starting to change like there was about three people in that bar that showed up after me all wearing dragon ball z t-shirts and i'm just like bro like things are different but back to the story right so me and my buddy, we go to, we go to the table, we go to the table, uh, you know, with this dude, his girl and, you know, her really hot friend. And, you know, we all just start talking and vibing. Now, unfortunately for me, she wasn't interested in me like that at all. He she was stole feeling, your girl? She was feeling my buddy. So, you know what? It, it was, it was bittersweet, right? It was bittersweet because that was supposed to be my time, right? I was supposed yeah. to get the last shot at the end of the game, yeah. you know, hit the game winner, have the crowd go wild. But you know what? I was like, man, this was this was a huge milestone in the life of the closet nerd rich. Cause Rick, cause I basically, <laughs> you know, so like in my elementary school, right? Like everybody was a nerd. And so it didn't really matter, right? That I, like, but when I would go to summer camps, you know, those are the kids that were more into like sports and hip hop and sneakers and girls. So I didn't fit in with those kids. I got made right. fun of just for playing Pokemon on the bus. 
And so when I went to high school, I was like, all right, I got to keep this nerd shit under wraps. And I'm just going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to see if I can get as close to being a jock as possible. Right. And I, and I, yeah, yeah. I kind of took that same approach in college, but basically this is post-college. And so for my buddy who didn't, it, it was cool to show him. I was like, yo, see, times are different now, bro. And I got to see that myself in in that one night, it was like, yo, like back in the day, I would have lot, you would have lost the girl, right? Being into anime, yeah. but now you get yeah. the girl, you know, and, right. and it, one of the things that showed me is it's just like that night I owned it, right? Like I, I half me thought, okay, they might, they might actually be giggling cause they watch it. But the other right. half was like, but either way, I was like, honestly, fuck you guys. Like, yo, this is my thing now. I'm like trying to right. learn how to embrace it. And I guarantee you, if I basically had this sort of passage or, you know, the, the, the stereotypical gatekeeper approach, it wouldn't have worked out. But the fact is, it's like, you know, I, I tell this to my buddies, right? I'm learning now. I'm still learning how to fully be comfortable with that geeky side of me. Yeah, like, you know, like, I like, because I'm a nerd at heart. And I said that in my documentary. Right. But I think the key is learning how to own it, right? Dude, like, I think, uh, honestly, I, I, like, there are content creators out there and I, I, like just, and I'll let you come in a second. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just like, yeah, yeah. I think what's helped me is, you know, even besides the celebrities, like I see YouTubers, you know, and right. like, granted, you know, they're, you know, I follow these guys like, you know, RDC groups, Caleb city, Long Beach, Griffey. And they're just like me, you know, they're, they're into anime and video games, but they're also into sports. They're also into hip hop music and sneakers. Like I'm seeing in, you know, again, they're not Michael B. Jordan, but they're basically millions of multi-millions of YouTube subscribers. So I'm seeing it works, right? Those guys can be successful, be cool and get the girl. It's all about learning how to own it because there's a lot of people just like us and it's just, but we just need to learn how to own it. But yeah, the floor is yours, my friend. My Ted, my, my, my portion's over. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't like, I think it, it it comes down to like people that like so there there's a mask that people wear like every mm. day you know like you know i'm trying to be the cool guy i'm trying to be the macho guy and like those people if they do that all the time they end up becoming their mask and the problem with that is you become really fucking two-dimensional and boring yeah. You know, because there's 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 nothing to you, you know, like mm, there's no depth, right? And 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 you know, I think you know there are there are men and women like that, and they meet each other and they get along because you know that's that's what they're used to. But if you want a genuine connection with somebody, whether that be like a friend or a romantic connection having something that you give a shit about that you're passionate about and you can talk about makes you interesting mm -hmm. right like you know i can talk about fucking gray wolves all day or photography all day or you know filmmaking all day and and that's a conversation starter that's something that you have that Mr. You know, Meathead, that that's all his claim to fame is. And that's great. Maybe he'll meet somebody else that's, that's also Meathead and, you know, they'll get along. But not everybody is looking for, like, a, a, you know, a two-dimensional person. And, uh, 
you know, you just, you have like more to bring to the table if, if you're passionate about shit, you know? Yeah. You know, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna wrap it up just by, uh, with, with it. I'm gonna wrap this portion of the, the, this portion of the nerd culture topic by saying this. Oh, uh, well, first this is the question. Number one, do you think you could beat me at smash brothers? I'm talking like, it doesn't matter. Like 64 melee brawl ultimate, like how confident, how confident are you in your, in your, in dude, your I, smash? Suck. I, I, I suck at smash. <laughs> I'll beat you at fucking Mario Kart any day of the week or halo or like cod or something but smash bros i just like i always pick link and he's like one of the worst characters but oh my god i think so do i oh no <laughs> i think like i think like the coolest character but then like people pick bowser or something and then fucking throw me off the map and i die instantly and i don't really know how to do any cool shit i just mash buttons well, I don't know if you ever see like those like those Smash Brothers videos that go viral, but all those people that competed like tournaments and whatnot, oh, they all have yeah. a tendency to use like the light speed characters because they can, you know, basically just go at like a ninety miles an hour, just just hacking the yeah. controllers. I I've always preferred like the 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 power characters like Link and Ike and stuff like that. Like right. I I understand like Ike, you know, dude, Ike is OP, man. Yeah, like yeah. Two two slashes Damn. from that sword and it's a wrap, dude. Yeah. What would you say? Okay, so now back to the whole. I mean, with the DBZ and in and whatnot. Well, that, when we talked last time, you told me how you know you were really interested in getting into Yu Yu Hakusho, right? Or yeah. Somewhat. Well, so so I never watched the whole thing, but like when it was on Toonami, I would like. I, that's like something I do at like every time it was on after school, like. I was so obsessed with Yu Yu show when it was first on, and I never watched it all the way through. Um, yeah, but that's that's definitely one of the ones that I really like. I was thinking, I was thinking of you today when uh, when I hit up my editor because right now I just finished the recording for the first top ten. You know, basically I'm doing a top ten anime for right. newbies. Right now right. I'm editing my script for the top ten classics, and I was I just wrapped up the Yu Yu show one last night. And I was thinking about you, and I was like, okay, how am I going to pitch? How would I pitch this show to Anthony? Now, <laughs> I, I guess to you, I basically say, you know, in the – so first off, Yu Yu show is huge on Toonami. I guarantee you, you are going to love this show. It does start off, you know, pretty episodic. Once it gets into, like, its second season, that's when the plot right. really takes off. Like, right. this is, we're talking about one of the most critically acclaimed arcs in anime period that still gets brought up still gets talked about today the next two right i also think the cast of characters very strong like the the plot itself might take some time to pick up but you will really enjoy the action the right. comedy like yusuke is one of the most badass main characters like the, I, I haven't seen a main character like him since and yeah. i really do think if you watch it from the ground up it is going to be one hell of an experience the, it, it's just right. it's just an overall great story but that is my Yu Yu Hakusho sales pitch to you. I'll leave the re I'll leave the rest of my top ten classics video. Yeah, dude, comes I need up. I need to watch it for sure, like all the way through. I think I've only seen like the first couple seasons, um, but yeah, it's I still love you know what I've seen. So yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Don't sleep on don't sleep on Dragon Ball. Have you ever seen like the original Dragon Ball, like the one where Goku was a kid to the? Oh you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. 
I think I actually like the original Dragon Ball better than Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. I think the, the original Dragon Ball is more about story rather than it is like Dragon Ball Z is like, oh, like Cell's back and he's stronger and Goku's got to like go Super Saiyan and shit his pants and, you know, like become the <laughs> next, like become the next form and, you know, like scream for eight episodes and, and then he's finally powerful and can defeat Cell and, you know, and, and that keeps happening over and over again. And oh, Majin and Boo's back and you know, like you yeah. know, it's it's uh I like the more story driven stories. And Dragon Ball Z was cool because like you know, when you're a kid it's cool seeing shit like blow up and you know, like spirit bombs and stuff. <laughs> I I think I think you'll enjoy I, I think if you went back and you it's funny because like, you know, I I just got my nephew into anime and we're like watching Dragon Ball Z Kai from like the ground up. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that, you know, and it's not just you. I've I've seen this where like I've noticed that sometimes, you know, for people that kind of grew up watching DBZ as a kid and then stepped away from it. I think looking at it from the outside in, it can look like a bunch of just meatheads screaming and there's no plot. Mm-hmm. By no means do I think DBZ has the most, compl- uh, excuse me, the greatest or the most complex plot. Right. But right. I definitely do think there is a pretty good story there. I think if you went yeah. back and you rewatched it, you could see like, I think you would like, I think you'd appreciate it, honestly, maybe even more now, especially like I would say from like the end of, I mean, get it, I would say from like the Demon Piccolo arc in Dragon Ball to like mm-hmm. the end of the Frieza saga. Like, I think that's Who? like the, the peak. Who's your favorite character? Oh, well, I'll start with my favorite villain. Cell, man. Cell was my favorite. Cell was yeah, and Cell is was still cool. my favorite yeah. villain like there's just like he was just so cocky but what i loved about cell is um he didn't start off as the strongest fighter like he had to basically kind of hide and like absorb people behind the scenes in order to get strong Mm -hmm. enough to fight piccolo and the androids and i thought that was so cool watching a villain have to sort of right get it out the mud so to speak right and he and but he had to be smart and he had to find ways to like conceal his presence so they couldn't find him and then later in the story he like took advantage of Vegeta's pride and was like hey man you know let me absorb the chick and you'll because then you'll want to fight me my full power I loved how he always like he knew how to manipulate right. everybody he got inside he of had, people's heads yeah. because he had all their cells and it wasn't just a physical thing like oh Goku can do Kamehameha I can do it too it's like nah okay here's I'm gonna take advantage of him here's I'm gonna take advantage of him and he was just so good at it and I, I loved his design too I loved his mm-hmm. theme music like oh my god honestly I could talk about DBZ all day but who's your then, favorite like hero oh I'm a Goku meathead bro like look like the shirt let me see the, the shirt I'm wearing right now has like oh yeah this is yeah. like the t-shirt from uh the 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 Dragon Ball Super Broly movie that's a whole different discussion but you know yeah, baby, no, I, yeah. I like I like Goku too. Yeah. Trunks was always my favorite just because he was like, he came and chopped up Frieza into like yeah. five pieces with his sword and then blew him apart and like in five seconds. That was so um, But like, uh, yeah, I think Trunks or Piccolo. So Piccolo? Because Piccolo is, is cool as fuck. Like, yeah. He's, he was like a villain and he has like a really complex arc because like, you know, like mm-hmm. with like Vegeta and stuff, like right. he came back and became like, you know, one of the heroes. Yeah. But like, 
Yeah, I think he has like the the coolest like powers and coolest moves and stuff. Yeah, his design know. is so dope. He has the cape and yeah. then oh yeah, he's like, like ripped. Yeah, like I mean they're like, all ripped, but like. Nah, he 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 was so cold. I, I I feel like some people people forget, like and you just said right now, people forget that this dude was a villain. Like Piccolo was evil to the core. Yeah, and he was then, like the cell of, yeah. of the original. And it, it it's so cool, especially like, you know, when, when I'm like watching uh when 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 I'm watching like, you know, old DBZ movies with my nephew for the first time and I always loved him as like the sideman to Goku, like when he's all and he was like Goku's one yeah. hand man. Eventually, you know, Vegeta kind of got that role, but yeah. like it, it was just so cool to see Piccolo like develop as a character, go from this villain to someone who actually yeah. really cared. And of course, you know, the peak was when he sacrificed himself to save Gohan against you know, like in the Saiyan saga. Like, right, it's crazy. Like me watching it with my nephew, I'm like reliving all the nostalgia all over again but i'm like yo like this is like i still enjoy this a lot today right. it's like i right. and i've watched a ton of anime with much deeper plots you know more complex characters like attack on titan but i still love this show more than anything like i yeah. used to have stacks of dvds like a closet's full and i got rid of them all obviously but it's just like you know, I just, I love the characters and I love the story that's built around conflict and combat around these characters. Right. We watch Vegeta go from a heartless villain to a family man who decided to blow himself up and take responsibility for everything we're in, and hug his we're kid in, for the first time. Like Wearing pink t-shirts and, yeah, getting, and getting shit on for it. <laughs> you know, we watch Gohan go from this scaredy cat who didn't want to go near a battlefield to someone who would actually take over goku's role and be the one to beat cell like not trunks not piccolo not vegeta not goku like it was gohan and when he had his and we watch like we watched him go from this little underdog to this just oh man i I recommend anybody if they want to get back into dbz i would watch kai because kai is like well just to put it in numbers like they basically cut all the filler out of z so i think dragon ball z is Oh, really? Yeah, Dragon Ball Z is... Because, you know, the way that anime industry works, they're basically making... They're reinventing it. Well, they're making yeah. it... They're, they're following a manga. So the thing is, if the manga starts... If the manga started in 19... Basically, you can cover a lot more in an episode than you can in a comic book. So since this is like a weekly serialized thing, right. they usually bring the anime out if the manga does good a year afterwards. So, you know, you can cover right. a lot more in 20 right. minutes than you can in like a chapter a week. So they add a lot of fluff to kind of keep the distance... So Kai basically cuts out like most of the fluff and it's just basically just plot action. So we're talking a cut from 400 episodes to 178. So it's a much smoother Damn. watch. Yeah. You know, um, the soundtrack is kind of hit or miss. Cause you know, there was some copyright issues and they had to basically flip it around. Yeah. But I do think it's, I do think it's a, it's a smoother watch. Some fans might, if you're in, if, if the nostalgia, if you really got to have like the old, the old everything, then I get that. But for me, I think it's a smoother watch for me to go back and watch Kine out because it's just much better pacing and I still mm-hmm. get the action and arguably better voice acting. You know, it's, yeah, man, you know, um, I'll, and that's an announcement, you know, the top 10 classes will be coming out soon and there'll be a lot more recommendations. But uh, mm-hmm. before we kind of wrap up the geek talk, is there anything that you want to add, my friend? Like, like what, like what, what, what kind of are you big into? Like, like what's your thing now? Like, is it Nintendo? Is it? I mean, you said you're a Twitch moderator. Like, you into like Minecraft, Fortnite, Call of Duty? Like, what's kind of like your your? I mean, your, your... 
I like I play I always come back to old school RuneScape. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like I MMO that, by like, the way? Is that like yeah? MMO? It's like okay. a really old like MMO. Okay. But I like I'll hop on COD sometimes and and play a few games. Uh, oh, um. But yeah, it's mostly just like I like. There are some Twitch content creators, you know, that are so good, man. Like, mm-hmm. they're so entertaining, and like, you know, my friend JP, he's uh, he's known as Tactical Tickler on on Twitch. Oh my god, that's um, a weird name. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Tactic- he's, but he's the he's the one that I mod for, and uh, his stream's hilarious, man. Like just today, you know, we we're all egging him on to uh chug black coffee out of a shoe and he did that at the beginning of the stream <laughs> that's crazy um oh my so god it's just, it's just like fun to watch you know and and there's another girl that i watch hannah um and like i've become like good friends with her too and and it's it's really cool how through covid i've still been able to maintain a social life because of twitch Right, like because of you know we all go on Discord and talk to each other and we talk in the chat and like yeah it's it's definitely like a cure for loneliness. Absolutely, I heard Microsoft's thinking about buying up Discord though. I don't know if that's going to end up being a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, we'll see. That's that's (laughs) man. All right, big dog. We got to uh, we got to transition into you know one of the biggest topics right you (laughs) i want to talk we're gonna get now into the or you know yeah we're we're, yeah i'll I'll, that part will come in later at the end but you put out a video not too long ago called choosing no one and this had to do chasing chasing chasing. oh look at how i wrote it oh my god wow oh good good god what what did jennifer garner (laughs) say on 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 wing she was like golly geez anyway my bad but my man, but you put out a video called Chasing No One. I actually watched it again today. You know, I, I watched all I watched all these videos again just to kind of refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought it was very, I thought it was very relatable. And you talked a lot about how the dangers or the trap of like the chase, right? When it, I think there's this Hollywood sort of Disney perception of right. the chase, chase, you know, the Cinder, find the Cinderella, go after the princess. Like the movies, the movies are always about the chase, Right. Usually, right. if the like it, if it's about the destination, it's usually the divorce or the fighting or something like that, right? But we we right. like we we like we like to we like to hype up the chase. That's where the movies come from, the damsel in distress, and you're in and you kind of the video sort of talks about the, you know, the dangers of the chase and you know some of the the struggles that you know you may or may have not had in past relationships. You know what I wanted to kind of ask you is it's like what you know to kind of explain to us like what is it about the chase that many of us don't some of us may not realize how dangerous the love of just the chase itself can be to 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 ourselves and also relationship like yeah i mean the, the problem with with the 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 like the chase is that it, it it inherently ends, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, then what do you do? Then what are you left with? You're gonna chase somebody else because you know you got what you wanted. 
Um, not to mention, like, the chasing, like, the connotation is that somebody else is running away from you, right? Like, mm. people don't think about that. But if you're, if you're spending all your time and energy chasing somebody that maybe doesn't even want anything to do with you, just likes the attention, then like, that's, that's, you're wasting your life away, you know, like, you know, there are, there are some people out there that, that just like the attention and uh, there's being addicted to the chase and then somebody else being addicted to the attention it's an infinite cycle of you just running after them and then them running away and uh no one wins really in that scenario well you know i um it, it's it reminds me of this the dichotomy between love versus lust right like a mentor of mine recommended this book to me to my friend who had recently gone through a really bad breakup and it's called is it love or is it addiction and i think that you know like you were saying i think we we i think there's a lust that comes with chasing or being chased but right. love is supposed to be something that's unconditional it's it's loyalty it's being there right and in the video um and uh, I'll, I'll you know your your sister you know speaks on you know the type of person that you are when it comes to romance, like you were someone who you're ready to give it all, right? There's no, like, if it's them, if you're choosing that person, they don't have to prove anything to you. Like it's there. Right. And right. you know, your sister talks about how, like, you know, that can be very intense for someone else who may not be ready to receive that love. And it had me thinking, um, and she talks about this too, you know, and I'll, and I'll ask you this, how, how important is that, the the self-love because when i think about someone wanting to be chased you know it like i think when we're not you know for one thing when we're not yeah, able well, to love ourselves it's yeah. hard to love it's even it's almost impossible to love somebody else because we don't see ourselves as deserving of love so it right. can be hard for someone else to give you something that you don't feel like you deserve for one yeah thing. i mean so so people love being chased right mm. because it makes them feel validated about themselves right which is one thing you know they they haven't perhaps those people that are being chased and love it and don't acknowledge you for chasing them or giving them attention they love it because you know they haven't found something within themselves that they value and uh you know they like that external validation when in reality if, if you truly you know didn't give a shit and you know you knew the value that you had you wouldn't really care mm -hmm. <laughs> and the the other side of that is to be the chaser you're running from yourself right because you feel the need to to prove yourself in a way that's not natural so the chaser is at fault too because if if you really knew your value you'd realize that 
going out of your way to do all these things and and to prove your yourself to someone is bullshit because if that person really did value you and you knew your value then it wouldn't matter that person would be like yeah no i'm down to like i'm down to climb a mountain with you and and do some romantic stuff but i'm also down to like eat a pint ice cream each and you know get high in our sweatpants and watch cartoons like i don't care like yeah. you know and 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 like because because they know and you know that you're worth their love and you're worth your own love and and i don't think a lot of people get that like people are trying to chase something that they they shouldn't be when in reality they should they should be thinking about like why why should i not be running for myself why should i why should i just wh- what is it about me that can draw people in you know mm-hmm. and how can i work on that instead now you know in the video your sister was very passionate about how like your your example for her has really you know it, it's given her belief again well l- let me let uh, let me that that'll be the that'll be the follow up question but i would say like what has that experience been like for you as far as like this sort of you know if you're comfortable sharing like the the way your i would say your your presence in the relationship for better or worse like what what has that experience been like for you if you're comfortable sharing i think in the times when i was chasing Mm -hmm. and you know going crazy for somebody it literally was that like i i became somebody else like that i didn't like Mm -hmm. because for whatever reason the other person wasn't as into it as I was. And, you know, it, it, it's like you said, like you become addicted to it. And, you know, I, I have become like a fucking asshole before because for whatever reason, I'm trying to grab, like hold on and, and clutch to the, this, like basically clutch to smoke try to grab onto smoke because nothing's there, you know? And it, it took a while for me to realize like, dude, you are just making a, an asshole of yourself and you're destroying who you are. Like you're turning into somebody that you, you don't want to be, you know, becoming like controlling and jealous and, and, and all these things because for whatever reason, that person is not a hundred percent giving what you're giving back like they're not they're not reciprocating um so yeah like they just not like the lesson that i've learned is just to not do that anymore because i always feel bad for the for that person for dealing with me who when i'm not myself you know when i'm outside of of who I normally am because I'm running after them and trying to do all this bullshit, you know? Um, yeah, it's just never a good thing. Well, I mean, I can definitely relate to that, you know, as far as like, 
as far as, you know, really, how do I say this? Like you, I think love is part of that is wanting that sort of like security, that foundation, like, Hey, like I really like you, like, can you be honest with me and tell me that you really like me? Like mm -hmm. I need that. And I, and I think that that need, that desire can on the other side, you know, be a little overwhelming for the other person. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, one of my mentors once telling me how freedom is synonymous with unconditional love. And part of that unconditional love is being able to, you know, respect where that person is as far as, right. much, you know, their love and their development, you know, and, you know, like, I know we talked about in the past how, like, you know, for example, like, you know, a person can express, because, you know, I guess on the other side is that it's, I think, it, obviously, it's important to have love for that person. But at the same time, you know, I think it's the difference between letting a faucet run uncontrollably, whereas opposed to having a bowl of just water that's, that's just still, right? The, the 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 love when it sort of becomes addictive or becomes dangerous and overwhelming is when it's like all right how you know I guess not letting the process sort of move it's like are you mm. going to be moving anytime soon uh do you want to move in with me are you talking to anybody else kind of thing yeah um, dude I don't I don't even want to talk about yeah people moving but yeah. we, we can get into that after but <laughs> yeah you know um and, um, you know, just the idea that, like, you're ready to, like, I don't know, marry this person after, like, the second or third date. I I, I see, you know, I, I think there is, there is a, for lack of a better term, there's a skill or processing, I think, learning how to sort of match that energy, that love in a relationship. Because yeah. some person might be here and the other person's there. And it might not necessarily be, be that that person can't get to where you are. It's just, like they it's they it's gonna they gotta go through their own process and just because we're there the part is how we is how we feed into that because right. too much of anything can be dangerous right like it's fine to have that love but i think at the same time it does part of that relationship is the fact that it's 50 50 it's cohesive right it's and like I, you don't mm -hmm. i think the the trap that people get into is you know, you, you hear the cliche, like they fall in love with the idea of somebody and not the person, right? Oh, yeah. And I've always fucking hated cliches because everyone says that and no one really thinks about really what it means. And, you know, one of my favorite novels, actually my favorite book of all time, really, um, by John Steinbeck, East of Eden, the main character, Adam Trask, is he falls in love with this woman, but he, his downfall is that he doesn't see who she truly is. Mm -hmm. And she gets miserable because she can never live up to who he sees her as this like perfect angelic figure. Um, and, and he destroys himself because he eventually realizes that she's, basically the fucking devil <laughs> yeah. um and he just refused to see it and the the important thing is not 
rushing to judgment when it when it comes to dating people like the people that are like oh i want to get married after like three dates like how the fuck do you do you know if i was talking to someone recently about this how like i read an article or something i don't i don't remember where i saw it but basically if you think about it in, in terms of t- like how much time you spend with somebody right in the modern dating world if you work full-time you might see that person one day a week or on the weekends. All right. That is, that's not a lot of time. Even Mm -hmm. if you see that person for three months, you're only, you're only seeing them in person for 12 days. Right. So how the fuck do you know that person? You know, like, so that's the thing, like, it, it's it's setting realistic expectations for the person that you're seeing and yourself, um, and not jumping to judgment about, you know, this person is, is God incarnate, you know, like, mm-hmm. they're amazing. Well, um, and, and, and in that way, you become friends, and then you become best friends and if you're lucky you become lovers for the rest of your life but well i mean that that that's definitely powerful because like i didn't think about it like that like yeah well it's funny i was like just like watching some of this podcast and they were talking about how like you know your co-workers spend more time with you than your significant other so like you know i mean for one thing like if you're in a relationship and you got it in one of your significant other's co-workers is basically trying to holler at it like that dude or girl basically gets their chance to shoot their shot you know basically every single day and any problems that your significant other has with you it's basically gonna be good yeah (laughs) leave me for co-workers man yeah because that shit is true like Mm -hmm. It comes down to time, man. Like, if that guy is spending more time with her and getting to know her on a more intimate level than I am, then, you know, they have a deeper connection than I do. Mm-hmm. That's just the fact. Like, that, you know, and, and speaking of connections, right? Like, uh, and I kind of want to, you know, for those that don't know, I, f- I forget if you, if you, if you put her name like specifically at that part, but your sister was the woman that was, uh, was featured, you know, for a good chunk yeah. of the video. Mm-hmm. And she spoke very passionately about how, you know, you have basically like restored her faith that there are good men out there, you know, mm. and I thought that was very powerful, right? You know, you know, if you're willing, you know, I'd love you to speak a little bit about, you know, what, what is your relationship with her sister and why was it so important to not only have her in the video and just, I guess, what was that, you know? Yeah. You know, just, yeah. So my, my sister and I are very much like the same. Um, we share the same heart, basically. Mm-hmm. That's um, awesome. We both been through. We're both very emotional people. Very like kind of hard on the sleeve. You know, jump first and ask questions later. Hope to God mm-hmm. there's a parachute. You know that line from Hitch where he's like, you know, you. That's what love is. You 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 jump and hope to God you can fly. You know, it, it's so true because like. Mm-hmm. you don't know but like I think we're both my sister and I are both learning that 
if we do have that sense of we can jump, we have to pump the brakes a little bit and really think about what we're doing because oftentimes we jump and there is no parachute because the other person ends up being, you know, either a, a terrible person in their own way, mm-hmm. terrible for us, or it's just not the right time or, you know, something's, something's not right. And it's, we refuse to see it. Mm-hmm. And so we, we both have a tough time doing that. And, and we, you know, we talk a lot about, about our relationships and text and, and stuff. And um, yeah, she's someone that I've always had been understood by and could understand, you know, w- without really saying much, we can just kind of talk and, and understand what's, what's going on and, and what we've been through. And, you know, another thing that your sister has talked about and you've been outspoken about on social media as well is, especially for, you know, us as men in general, willing to be emotional, willing to be in touch with ourselves and honest with our feelings. You know, we're going through a mental health crisis in the world right now. Suicide rates, depression rates, anxiety, this skyrocketing. But even before that, you know, there's there's always been such a stigma on mental health, but specifically when it comes to us as men and being able to, you know, open up. I, what, like, clearly we're seeing now how dangerous and how toxic that has been in, in relationships. If, if you loved, and I'd love you to elaborate, why is it so important now more than ever for us as men to be honest with ourselves? And, you know, and as far as, you know, opening up, being honest about our emotions and feelings and really just trying to see what what's being covered. Yeah, I, I mean, it's about being real, right? <laughs> if if you're everyone's experiencing emotions and mm. if if you're just like hiding that it's going to come out in negative ways, right? Mm. And and so we see we see these mass shootings where, you know, these troubled young men for whatever reason they they don't know how to deal with with life and that's that's an extreme example but what that's that's the thing that happens though if you if you don't go to therapy if you if you don't let it out in a healthy way it's going to come out with violence it's going to come out with with abuse to yourself or to others and um, it's going to come out one way or another, but it's just how you want to let it out that's healthy or not, you know, and mm-hmm. to to talk about your feelings like we're doing now or, you know, I listened to the most recent um, podcast that uh, Obama and Bruce Springsteen are doing, which is fantastic. It's called Born in USA. A, oh, word. I didn't know Obama yeah, was dude, doing a it's, podcast. It's, it's unreal. It it's unreal. It's called Born in the USA. Um, and the most recent episode was talking about um, masculinity and, and fatherhood. Um, mm. And just talking about like how, you know, their fathers, at least Bruce Springsteen's was very stoic and, and, you know, didn't really talk about his feelings a lot. And, and that 
that led to to you know Springsteen not knowing who he was mm-hmm. until he was like in his 30s because he was trying to emulate his 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 father and and right. try to hide his emotions and then he realized like who the fuck am I like if you're always wearing a mask and trying to hide your emotions then you're not a fucking human being mm-hmm. and and that's that's the thing like a lot of these men are walking around with freaking chips on their shoulder and you know i see him at the gym mm-hmm. you know they they look at me like they you know they want to fight me or something and i like, <laughs> smi- I, like I'm, I'm i'm there smiling like a fucking idiot <laughs> um but it's like toxic masculinity <laughs> yeah for, oh for sure. man it's but there's like there's no reason mm-hmm. for that and i'm a big <laughs> proponent of like i'm a big proponent of like you know, I'll make my friend Tyler like fucking dinner. And, you know, the other day I made dinner and I, I, I packaged some up and dropped it off at his house, you know, cause like, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. Like if, if I can hang out with my friend and, you know, we can, we can say, I love you and, you know, talk about real shit. Um, that's a healthy thing. That's a healthy relationship, you know, and, and I can talk about bullshit with him and we can, you know, like chug beers and, you know, do whatever. But if you can also have those serious talks, it's, it lets out some negativity. Um, And it's, and it's a, it's a way to, it's almost like therapy um, by, by talking to other men and and understanding because, you know, you can talk to a woman all you want, but um talking to another man is, is uh, on an intimate level is, is um, way more cathartic because they, they really understand what it's like to be a man. And, um, you know, I just hearing someone like Obama or Springsteen open up and talk about their emotions makes me want to, go out and and be vulnerable because those these are two guys that are legends and they're willing to open up so if so if other men start doing that then people around you will be like other men around you will be healthier for it because they'll realize oh like it's not it's not weird to talk about your problems because the fucking president of the united states and you know, a rock star legend, Bruce Springsteen can, can do it. Mm-hmm. So why can't I, you know? I like, you know, it's, man, that, I, that, that, that's so powerful. Right. Because I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I know you saw, you saw my, ugh, look at me. I know you said <laughs> you saw my documentary. I, I don't know which videos you saw. Cause there's like four and there's like, but yeah. anyways, I'm, you know, I am very big on therapy meditation um you know 12-step programs you know spiritual or life coach whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. because I, I i one of the analogies i like to use is hiding your feelings and your emotions and thoughts is like putting dirty laundry under your bed you know you can only do it for so long before right. the bed starts to rise 
and the smell starts to stink in the whole room. And eventually you get so bad, you probably got to call an exterminator because you're going to get pigs and rats and shit right. like that. But by then it's about, too late. I don't know about pigs, man. If you have <laughs> pigs in your room, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> you so, yeah, he, he, he might just burn that house down. Forget it. It's good. Tear, 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 tear that shit down and rebuild it, man. Bro, it's a fucking, that's not a house, it's a freaking farm. But, you know, it's, I, I think it's so important because, you know, for one thing, in my case, right, like I, I, part of the reason why I was able to start, you know, healing from my anxiety and my depression is because I met someone who was completely honest about their struggles with mental health and was judgment free about it. They allowed right. me to feel like my struggle was human. Me joining different 12-step programs where people were open and honest about this stuff. It allowed me to feel human because I, I realized, okay, it's not just me. I'm not crazy. I'm no different than what I'm feeling. And at the same time, this is okay. And there's a way to heal and get better. Mm -hmm. And I started to get better by talking about it and learning things about myself, my past that I to this day, I'm, you know, still uncovering and learning how this is affecting me today and learning how to, you know, overcome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just even in my personal life, like, you know, my father, for example, alpha male dog, you know, you know, man's man, you know, never talk about your feelings, none of that. When I finally sat down and told him that I was struggling with, you know, suicidal thoughts and depression, his whole, my, our relationship changed. We became a lot closer because, you know, yeah. he lives alone. He doesn't have any close friends or family members. So he started opening up to me more about his depression and how he was lonely. And because of that, you know, that's allowed me to be there for him more. I go over there weekly now when I help clean the house. I bring, you know, food mm -hmm. to surprise him and stuff like that. But our relationship is like that because we were able to be honest with each other. We would have been so right. much more distant otherwise. And part of the reason I can say I'm here right now is because I have met people who allow me to realize it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to open up about your feelings. This made me closer to the right, right. people. And I, I think, you know, if I think everybody could use that type of support, you do need people in your life though. Fortunately, we don't always get it from our friends and our family members but I try to I try to encourage people. There are people out there. You might it might not right. be from those you want it, but it's so key because it can affect you in a relationship. It can if you're an right. abusive person, it comes from somewhere. But if you're not right. able to be honest with yourself about it, you're gonna keep hurting yourself and you're gonna keep hurting people around you. So I'm very big on you know ending that sort of stigma, not just on mental health in general, but of course as far as you know, man, opening up. I don't care how much weight you lift to the gym. You're probably, you're probably, you're, you're probably just as anxious to find a, to find a girlfriend as myself. And you're probably just as insecure as yourself as me, but you need this thing to sort of give you some sort of validation as a human being, but you're not getting that by just trying to have something superficial that you want to hang over my head. Cause you're not happy right. doing that. You don't even know me. You know, you just feel like you got to be this certain way because that's how you were raised to be accepted. And you know what's fucked up, but you know, but you don't, you don't know, you don't know enough about the process of getting into that to do it because society doesn't, society hasn't, hasn't raised us to think like that. I, I'm starting, mm -hmm. I'm seeing the change now. I see a lot more of the, the mental health conversations on TV, commercial, on the radio, but I still think there's a long way to go. Well, that's, right? that's one of the reasons why, like, 
I love that episode of, of Hot Ones with Terry Crews because mm-hmm. like he opens up and you know this is a guy that that you know played in the NFL and yeah. you know like it, it's Terry. Just, <laughs> this like massive like you know juggernaut of a human being and he like you know he gets really emotional during the interview and he talks about like dude it's so adorable when he talks about his son and like how he loves spending time with his son and like getting into the things that he's getting into because he remembers when his dad was like you know dismissive of his his own passion and he was like i'm not gonna be like that for my son i'm gonna get so he like got into computer gaming and they built a pc together and like you know like all this stuff like and i think there are role model men out there like obama springsteen terry cruz you know um i can think of a handful uh that we should look up to and and and, um listen to and be like you know yeah like that like there's um it's funny right (laughs) he is one of the most controversial human beings on the planet like my sister hates this man's guts but my my man Charlemagne the god one of the reasons why i love him on the (laughs) breakfast club is because he is so big on the mental health conversation he always talks about how important you know, it is to go to therapy. It is to open up. Mm-hmm. How he has a life coach. He has a therapist. He's very open about, you know, his meditation, his, you know, just his whole, he, he wrote a book about his anxiety and his depression. And he does a lot of advocate, you know, he's a huge mental advocate. I love that because when I see someone on that platform speaking on a stigma that has been so bad, especially in, you know, inner city communities, you know, like where I grew up, people need that right? Like Mm -hmm. I, that's something that I wish would have been around three years ago. Now, granted, I've seen it. Like I, you know, I've seen Hall of Fame NFL players, you know, like, you know, just those the names like a Brandon Marshall or uh, that dude who used to play for the Eagle. They used to love him. But basically, I mean, for example, I don't know if you, Dak Prescott talked about, he was depressed last year when his brother died. Who else? Big Sean talked about his struggles Mm -hmm. with suicide. I, you know, Obviously, I'm I'm sad that they're going through this, but at the same time, I I'm happy that people at their platform can be honest about this stuff because those mm-hmm. are the, those are the type of things that inspire me to want to open up about it and put out a documentary because I've seen you know especially you know my jobs that I've had when I started to really take this mental health thing seriously and be honest about it. That's when I started to see a lot of people opening up to me about it, and I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. I got to make this a bigger conversation because I know what that's like to be at that point where you don't want to be alive anymore. Meghan Markle talked about that in an interview with Oprah, which by the way, I, part of the reason why I watched that is because I wanted to see how Oprah did her interview. Oh, to, yeah. You know, take some notes to see how I would interview you. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I've had multiple friends tell me that they have been suicidal. And mm-hmm. basically you could say I was like the first and last person they were going to go to before they were going to do the thing. So I know mm. what that's like to be on both sides of that conversation. And if we don't have these conversations, then we get mass shootings. Then we get the suicides, the abuse, right. or just not even being able to get out of bed and go to work. Right. You yeah. know, it's just like, it's, I, and it, mm, 
you, the it's important. Mm-hmm. You know, the therapy thing is important because like, you know, when you start going to therapy, even if, even if you don't talk about it, you know, you might say like, Oh, I'm going to therapy today. Someone else might, might hear that and be like, damn, I've been thinking. And, and if, you know, if Rich, if Rich is going, you know, or if Anthony's going, then I can go too. You know, it's not weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the example of that is like, in my family, my sister was like the first one to ever go. And That's I still awesome. haven't been, I, I'm, I'm still trying to find a, a therapist, but, um, and because of that, it, it started a conversation within my family. Um, mm-hmm. And so she was kind of like a trendsetter, but we can all do that. And, and uh, people will follow suit, even if you don't know they are, they're, they're watching. Yeah. And there are certain moments in my life where I never realized how much of an impact I had on somebody until they came out and, and said something. And I was like, really? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I had like an aspiring, like, you know, uh, photographer um, post a status with, with a photo that he was really proud of with one of his favorite photos that he's ever taken recently. And he tagged me in it and, and gave me a shout out and was like, like, thanks brother. Like I, you inspired me to to go out and do this. And I was like, Dude, I had no idea. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just out here. I'm just out here doing my thing. I don't even know if I'm doing it well. And you know, I don't. I like. I didn't know anybody gave a shit. But people are watching. Like, you know, that one viewer on YouTube, out of you know the the five viewers that you have, you might inspire them to go do something, and that's crazy. Like, and you would never know it. That's awesome. I'm so big on that. You know, like, this is why I'm having you on the podcast, because you don't have to be Elon Musk to inspire someone else. Like, there are so many amazing, you know, people like yourself out there doing amazing things. There's people our age, in our age range, that 18, that 35, that they have their own dreams and aspirations. And they're watching us the same way we're watching them. Mm-hmm. And the inspiration is, is there. It, it's, it's coming. And again, you know, it, you know, we don't, we might not interact with these people on a day-to-day basis, but that doesn't mean that they're not watching. They're not listening. And you right. never know what, it, you know, you, you, like it's, you just net we're a lot more connected than I think we realize. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's so awesome that, you know, someone can see, you know, what you're doing and be like, Hey, you know, Anthony's doing it. Now I want to pick up the phone and be a photographer, him to tag you. Yeah. You're probably like, yo, who the hell is this dude? But it's so awesome because it's like, you see how much of an impact you, what you're doing right now can have on someone else. Right. 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 And I think it's important that we definitely celebrate, you know, the little victories too. you know, celebrate us doing this podcast, celebrate yourself doing a shoot, celebrate your 549th post because there's someone out there who, who has zero and they want to start, but they either won't or they never will because they just couldn't, Oh, they couldn't overcome that wall 
that so many others right. weren't able to that you were that you were able to overcome as well and, and i think I, that's I, like that's like the key to 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 being you know a creator or an entrepreneur is like every every certain steps every every few steps you take you need to understand like you need to look back and see what you've done Mm -hmm. don't just always be thinking about the future be thinking about where you've been and what you've done like i have i have a letter from um nikon on my desk reminding me about the time that they sent me a free camera because they liked my photos you know That's like sick nikon yeah i have oh that framed my on my desk God. and like you know i think about the few times that they have reached out to me and, 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 you know, I literally got like a, um, not like a W2, but you know, like something like that from Nikon because I actually worked for them this past year. They like contracted me, which is like, when I got that in the mail, I was like, shit, man, like that's cool. Like, <laughs> and it's, and it's not, you shouldn't be ashamed to say that. Like, it's no. just like, you realizing like I have done some shit that I'm proud of and I'm going to use that as a little boost to get me to where to the next step to where I want to go. But like, it's about looking back and looking forward and being like, mm -hmm. okay, I did this. So now I can do this, you know? Exactly. Like, this is where, this is, you know, looking back to see how far you've come, the path. Yeah. All right, man. We're going to get to the last topic now, because I know we want to, I know we want to, we didn't want this thing to go on for too long, but <laughs> um, it's a good segue, though. We got to talk about your other passion, man. Nature. You put out <laughs> another video that I, that I, um. I got to make sure I got my notes on just in case I, I stutter on something. But you put yeah. out a video not too long ago called The Church of Nature. And we can see this in your photography as well. You take a ton of shots. You know, I mean, you had the trip to Canada that you did. Obviously, you do video as well. You know, you talked about how nature is like it's spiritual for you. It's healing. It's meditation. Mm -hmm. What like, like, <laughs> what, like, when, when, when did you become... I could joke and say, when did you become a tree hugger? But I'll be nice. I'll say this. Listen, what, like, like, what, 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 when, when did your love for nature sort of like, like, when did Anthony love, wait, what, did you always love the outdoors like this? Like, like, what, what is it about the outdoors that just like, that just makes you feel so at peace? Yeah, I think I, I grew up in a, in a really rural area. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I grew up in a really chaotic household with my dad. Um, and the few moments that I, that I did have that were calm and peaceful were moments that I had when I was just sitting outside um, in nature. Like, you know, people talk about their, you know, so-called happy place or whatever, you know, when, when you're feeling down or whatever. And I have this recurring feeling and image of, of laying down when I was a kid. I did this a lot, really. And I, I, I never really thought about it until I was an adult. But I would lay down 
as the sun was, you know, going down below the trees, but it was still light out during the summer. And I would just lay down on the, on the pavement on my back and, and look up and there would always be like tons of dragonflies going after mosquitoes in the air. And I remember like the, the coolness of the, of the air around me, but then the warmness of the still, you know, pavement um, from the sun previously. And something about that, I wasn't like worried. I wasn't stressed. I was just like, I was just looking up at those dragonflies. And um, I think that's, that's, carried on into into so many things that I do now like like um you know whether I'm hiking or you know whether I'm spending time with the wolves I I just sit there and kind of listen and sit still and find calm and you know that's what people go to church for that's what people you know that's what people are searching for when they read poetry or, you know, stuff like that. And it's those moments of calm that I get that are so important. And that's why I chose to make that, that film about it. Um, there's something about just being out there that puts me at ease. And, you know, one of the things I thought was really cool about your videos, it just shows how we can get, and you talked about how we can get so caught up in the trap of just, uh, the daily life, you know, nature can feel so far away. So it's great yeah. to be able to kind of, you know, have a place where you can go to, to be alone, be in your thoughts. And you made it very clear. You're not going there to harm yourself. You're going there to sort of yeah. find peace. Yeah, and because healing. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I, I see a lot of young people and they're like, Oh, I went to, you know, the white mountains and, and, you know, X, Y, Z snowstorm, thunderstorm, hurricane force winds and i'm like dude why like are you are you you know some people think it's cool and some people honestly i think are out to hurt themselves and they disguise it as i'm trying to be cool and be edgy and you know go hiking in a thunderstorm when in reality they really are trying to self-harm and and it's the easiest way to hide it um and so so i i i wanted to make it clear that that i don't go when i'm depressed because i want to get eaten by a bear or you know hope hope to god one of the wolves tears my throat out um i i go because when i'm with the wolves and they're you know, licking my face or whatever, or just, or just being still beside me or when I'm out and just listening to the birds chirping, it's a pause button. It, it's, it's time to reflect. Um, and I, yeah, I worry that, that some people go to nature for, for the wrong reasons. Honestly, I had no idea that was even a thing until you brought it up. Like when yeah. you were talking when you when you first talked about that, I thought that was a joke. Like like this is, like I thought that was like a hashtag that someone do. Like you know, because there's always there's always these TikTok challenges going around. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that 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 was really a thing. That, I mean, that that's that's just really unfortunate. 
and I and I don't I don't think it's a thing that people talk about a lot mm-hmm. because because it's so easy to hide that behind I'm just a thrill seeker, right? Or yeah. I'm just I'm just like looking for adventure. Um, when in reality, there's something deeper there, and people look past it because they think that person is just you know a thrill seeker. Well, that's, you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I have the person and I have the place and thing. I just can't think of it right now, but you know, it, as far as that's concerned, I think, um, God damn, I really just lost my train of thought. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I was going to say for one thing, I think it's really cool that you have found, you know, your happy place for, you know, for lack of a better term, because I think a lot of people don't, know or don't they don't they don't have and or they don't know what a healthy outlet is you know Mm -hmm. like like i I have friends close friends who have told me in the past hey rich like life is tough man so i drink like crazy you know to forget my problems to drown out yeah drugs is usually yeah you know usually thing yeah and in the past like myself specifically I would use alcohol when I was going out as a way to build confidence so I could talk to right. girls and whatnot, but I was blacking out. And the problem with blacking out was I was hurting myself. I was hurting my friends and wasn't making anybody right. else happy. So right. I think it's cool that you have found, you know, something that, that you're, that is healthy, but you're also using it in a, in a healthy way as well. Um, I mean, would you say that winter is your favorite season? Because you've talked in the past about how, like, you love being on the elements, you know, cold weather and whatnot. Like, yeah, I I really like the winter. I really like the fall too, just because okay. it's, it's it's a little bit more moderate temperature. But I'm like, I, I run hot, man. Like yeah. in in the summer, man, I sweat my balls off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the worst. Like I I'm I'm that person that's like. I just live in my AC and, and yeah. if I'm outside, if I'm outside, I'm in the water somewhere cold. Like, you know, I'm trying to find cold where I, wherever I am in the summer. Cause I just, I hate it. Like, you know, so, I, I, you're in the I, right area, my friend. You're in yeah, the right, you're, yeah. you're a new Englander. And I saw that Dunkin' Donuts. I saw that Dunkin', that Dunkin' <laughs> coffee cup. I was like, Oh my God. Cold weather. Dunks. Yeah. Nature. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god listen man you know we're, we're, we're just about at the two hour mark so i got i just got a final wrap-up question and they're personal yeah. questions for you um the first one is you know in what advice would you give to someone who's listening to this right now who has you know aspirations to do something different whether that's photography i don't know starting a you know a, an instagram page on fitness youtube channel yeah. gaming well, what would you give to a young to someone who you know who's aspiring to do something what you're doing right now but i don't know whether it's they're worried about the work schedule they're worried about like i forgot yeah. to mention this before but you work full-time right now but you also do your yeah. photography business so yep. i guess what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about starting um I'm trying to be nice, but literally just get your head of your own ass. Like, um, stop thinking about all the details and 
the gear you need to get and and just do it you know one of my favorite create youtube creators casey neistat literally said like in today's day and age if you have a phone and an internet connection and a good idea that's all you need like you can start creating today um you know and and um jim carrey had a had a really good speech at a graduation uh at a commencement ceremony that stuck with me he said um you can you can fail at something you don't want to do so why not fail at something that you do want to do you know and 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 that stuck with me because it's like so many people are failing at jobs they fucking hate Mm -hmm. because because they're worried about failing at something that they that they love doing and they want to do full-time and um yeah i think just get out and do it regardless of of you know how much you're worried or you know don't think about what what other people are going to think because the truth is like all the all the best creators they didn't they they didn't care about about that shit you know they just did it anyway and they kept doing it and then and then they became the cool people you know mm-hmm. and 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 everybody Sounds started sad. doing what they were doing you know oh man i love it and uh you know i guess the the second question second last question is so what's next for you like what what is obviously you've been doing this for a couple of years you've you've got a you've got a pretty damn good resume you know going so far <laughs> what is like what is what's next for anthony rizzo in video and photography yeah i mean right now i'm just trying to do uh the wedding photography grind which is what a lot of photographers do uh wedding videography and photography um but I'd love to do more work with Nikon. I don't know if that's going to happen in the future. They kind of reach out to me when they when they can, and I'm sure them talking. They're talking to a ton of other people too, because um, it's Nikon. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just just trying to make a name for myself and and keep creating. I do want to get back to making YouTube videos because that's something I've been slacking on. But I've been so busy lately. It's 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 hard to do that but you know like i said i'm i'm making excuses so i need to just get out and do it where can we follow you um so instagram it's uh at a r i s o photo all one word um a riso photo um and if you type that same handle in in um facebook it'll come up to you uh so yeah those are those are my two places um and then youtube.com forward slash anthony riso that's r-i-s-o um you can find my youtube channel any questions anything that you feel like we haven't covered so far that you would like to address no man i think we've we've run the gambit i think i think uh we um we might have just made like an eight series podcast in this, in this discussion. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna I was gonna say, man, we always have great conversations, which is dope. Yeah. Listen, yeah. when it's safe, 
we got to meet up, man. We got to yeah, grab a sure. beer, grab some yeah. wings. I'll drive up to New Hampshire. You come down here, Maybe it doesn't do it. matter. Maybe do an in-person episode. Yeah, an in-person this. episode. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have to have somebody other than you shoot it because we're going to be the ones talking in it. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, All I right. just want to thank you so much for being on my podcast tonight. I am going to advertise the shit out of this thing. I'll probably yeah, post too. it, you know, within a... In a couple of days, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my producer and see how we should time this thing out. But hey, you have yourself a good night. I appreciate the time. And when we do meet yeah. up, the beer's on me. All right, sounds All right. good. Sounds good, man. Signing off the Rich and Facts podcast. Thanks for coming on, Anthony. Man, great to catch up with you. Yeah, it's good you, being on. You know, I mean, good luck. Good luck with photography. Of course, we're gonna keep talking and whatnot. But you know, course, yeah. I, I really admire your work. Your videos expire, inspire me. I'm gonna let you get some rest now, my friend. Have All a right, good man. night. All, All right, right. Cheers. cheers. Take Bye. it easy. Bye. <laughs>